0: This is Parking in Bitterman Circle number fifty-nine for November nineteenth, twenty twenty. Hey, it's Aaron. Welcome to Parking in Bitterman Circle. Today we're going to uh, do a first for us here at Betterman Circle. We're actually going to be talking with some of the women of the road. Our guest today is Abigail Potter. She is a tour manager and she solves problems. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, we are recording. Okay, who are you and where are you from?
1: I'm Abigail Abby Potter, and I am from London.
0: And what do you do?
1: I solve problems. I think that's that's the best the best term you can give it. I, I'm a tour manager, um, which up until fairly recently most people would think meant tour guide. So that always led to quite interesting conversations and usually mm. I just let it ride you know <laughs> yeah, yeah I am a tall guy. um yes I'm a tour manager
0: I used to refer to myself as a musical janitor on bad days
1: <laughs> there's that um, too
0: yeah there's a little bit of that. did you study the arts when you were when you were coming up in school
1: um I did I, I did I mean I I had kind of, I I went to lots of different schools up until I was about 13 or 14. when I was 14, um, I got very lucky and I went to private school. Um, Now it was an interesting situation really now looking back because I, I was, we were fairly poor. I was living um, on a council estate, like funded housing. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to this very, very posh school with with very, very rich kids. Um, but this school, unlike many of them, uh, like it at the time and, and in the UK, um, who feed into the big universities, the, the Oxfords and the Cambridges, mm. this one was focused on acad- academia, of course, but it was also very progressive and very open hearted. And they really did pay attention to the arts, which um, for me at the time was amazing. I mean, I had, you know, I'd been to normal local school and and had fairly basic education up until then. Um, And I came to this place and suddenly it was about, expressing myself and being interested in things and and have and being asked about my opinion with within the arts world about you know about paintings that i was looking at or or techniques on drawing or listening to music um uh theater uh, i was heavily interacting it i wanted to be a stage actress um and then that kind of pushed into um, public speaking because then I got really into uh, United Nations and um, public speaking, I'd say, is a kind of an art form. But that, that along with an art teacher called um, Mr. Rock, who was the least stuffy teacher you've ever met in your life who 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 I'm pretty sure was you know smoking dope behind the art building and and he this guy and I got on really really well and he was he was definitely a little too left a little too out there from, from probably half the students and parents of that school but he mm-hmm. he also was really interested in in pushing boundaries and allowing you to explore um within the art room you know and and Yeah. So that, that was, um, that was amazing. That was, that was massive for me. Mm -hmm. I loved it.
0: What was the first concert you went to?
1: This is a really tough one. I (laughs) was, I wasn't really, I was, you know, I was in school and I, and I was really dedicated to school and I wasn't really into music. Um, I, as a kid, um, my mother, I mean, I remember I remember music being played in the house. My mother was um, alternative and um, very open. And there was Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin in the house all the time. Um, and from when I was very little, my first memories of, of live stuff were festivals. Mm-hmm. We used to go to festivals and camp, um, which were huge in the UK. So, you know, there are pictures of me, two, three, four, five, wandering around festival sites with um, face painted, you know, and just kind of probably only wearing a pair of underwear. I don't know, just a hippie child in the 70s, you know, just kind of wandering around being looked after by God knows who, because my mother, as you did back then, you kind of, there was one woman who stayed with all the kids and the rest of them were out dancing um mm-hmm. so that really you know, that was my first kind of and that that went through until i was you know 8 9 10 years old and then um and then in terms of kind of our industry the, the biggest i wasn't physically there but the i remember the biggest impact for me was live aid i remember sitting down i remember watching that i remember my mother mm-hmm talking to me about the importance of that. So that was what, 85? Yeah, I would have been, 85. I would have been nine, nine, 10. <clears throat> um, uh, I remember her talking to me about the impact of that. And then I remember that was my first inkling of trying to understand how that was being set up. How did that come about? How did all mm-hmm. of these moving pieces come together you know globally and I I, I didn't get it as you know as, as you you wouldn't quite but I was I that was when I was kind of watching a spectacle and going wow that's really cool
0: so that's I mean I always uh, <clears throat> pardon me um I always refer to that as the uh you know it might be that I gotta do that moment where you kind of mm. I, I remember looking at a concert and just going oh yeah I need, I want, yeah, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything, you know, I don't want to be an accountant. I want to do this. Right. Yeah. I um, didn't, I didn't,
1: I didn't have that. I've never had that. No. I never had it. Live Aid was the, was where I, my interest in understanding how, how it came together. But I didn't enter this industry wanting to be in it. I, I, I kind of backed my way in. I mean, I, um, uh, in all honesty, essentially what happened was that I, uh, <laughs> two things. I, I was, work, I was, I was, I was studying languages. I was studying Spanish down in Spain and I was living there, um, kind of hand to mouth. I wasn't in school. I was just trying to learn it in the street, and. Um, and I was working part time for a property development company, of which at that time, and, you know, there we were lots down there, UK companies. And I was at a very young age, you know, my late teens, kind of head of PR, which I didn't even know what that meant really, nor cared. And I was just making sure that investors were um being being looked after during these weekends that they would come out and doing anything not to do with the investments so whether it was golf weekends or whatever it was and I just got a bit bored and and at one point and thought well, I think we should just put a concert on so um I set up a concert um with kind of local funding and, and and made it free and you know we did all this and and the, the couple of people uk professionals tour manager and a production manager that we got to come over to really do the work because i didn't know what i was doing um lay, i don't know how much time passed after this show but they not too much time one of them the tour manager uh called me and said would you like to come and do a little bit of work for me um which i can't i can't I think I don't even know if it was paid. Probably was, um, and that was at Brixton Academy in London um, for like a, a, a week or so. And I did that, and that was a very interesting experience. That's that I probably learned more there. I, I probably learned more about what I didn't like about anything, uh, all of it, than anything else. Um, it was with a, a rapper. <laughs> um, so that yeah, I've never worked in rap again. But that was that, and then I. I came back to Spain and I've carried on with my working in a beach bar and learning Spanish and trying to, you know, whatever. And then I got another call from her and she said, listen, I think, I think you, I think you, um, you could be really good. You could be really good here. I really want you to come and do some more work with me. Um, And I said, okay. She goes, there's a big, big team. So it's not really with me, but you know, and this was Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson and friends um it was a big charity concert with you know mariah carey and boys to men and all these people um and i went and did that luther vandross i went and did that uh came back to spain so those were my first gigs but still i didn't really well a i didn't have a clue what might what i was meant to be doing or what it was all about i just kind of did whatever i thought should happen i had no guidance i was just like you know um i i was very lucky that I got Luther Vandross out of a sticky situation and he then talked about me and he said I'm not doing anything without her and you know all the big guys the you know great old school touring guys giants of our industry kind of was like who's this you know they said well you better be you better stay by his side then you know and I was like all right um that helped but then I went back to Spain and I came back to a cheating boyfriend Mm -hmm. and so this really was he really did help me because I, I kind of, I packed up my bags the next day and I got on the train and I ended up in Madrid, and I landed in Madrid kind of penniless. And the only thing I thought was, I need a job, and I went to what now is Live Nation Madrid, um, but it was it was a, it was under another name. They brought it up. I went to the biggest promoter in Madrid and I knocked on the door and I just said, I speak pretty good Spanish all your clients are american or english um you need you need me and i just pitched them on the back of michael jackson um and then i and and that's how i started so i started on the promoter side Mm -hmm. really um again literally not knowing anything i had no clue what i was doing but that was um that was really where where it happened and at that point that's where i started kind of getting it and started going, Oh, hold on a minute. This is really interesting. This is cool. And so it was really that moment. It was then more than anything else.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, obviously you've had the people that got you in, but did you, can you say that you had a mentor during this time? Anybody in particular that taught you the lessons that uh, you carry with you today?
1: Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. My mentor came along I was so lucky came along um fairly early um I mean actually I, I want to blame him for a few things as well I'm going to put it put it on the record I want to blame him for a few things as well because he he ruined my relationship with the Spanish promoter who turned into Live Nation Spain that's pretty that's been pretty interesting for the rest of my career because mm. I uh, he stole me from them um so that didn't work but it, and I met him I'll tell you his name in a minute. I met him (laughs) in his underwear at the door of his hotel room. And this was Chris Littleton, Mr. Chris Littleton. Um, And he had come over to Spain uh, to last minute, um, along with Chris Lamb. And then I think Chopper came in to take over from Chris um, to help an ailing tour, which was Luis Miguel. There had been some stuff going on apparently prior to this and they were on a big tour and this was you know this is uh, Luis Miguel towards very much at the height of 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 his touring he was he was selling out stadiums he was doing huge tours um and chris was brought in and he he somehow i, I was on the other side so I was working for the promoter I'd, I'd, he'd seen me in really i don't think it was anything about my work or anything else i think he just thought she speaks spanish and we were going to south america so um i don't think i impressed him in any way but he he said to me will you come will you come and meet me um you know sleep off-site um come to my hotel room and i was like no mm. I'm not doing that was, are you crazy <laughs> i don't think so um but i did and uh and then yeah to, to top it off he says it, he says they were shorts I, I say it was underwear you know we we've never agreed on it since um but he offered me a job and we had um, yeah we had we we had a an interesting few years after that and he really um what he did for me I, I can't explain it any other way and it's because I studied languages so it's kind of it's kind of the same thing when you when you study a language the best thing you can do um if you don't want to just be able to go to a coffee shop and order a, a coffee if you study language the best thing you can do is literally sit down and learn, learn your grammar learn your verb endings go back to the basics systematically go through it and this is what chris taught me he taught me how he taught me how to do the work how to do the job um systematically he taught me how not necessarily how to work hard because my work ethic was pretty good but just how to approach this this crazy thing that is a tour or 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 actually at the beginning of a tour a list of dates dissect it allocate it work it out because he was you know he was he is he was he was he was he was old school in a sense that he um he was doing those big, big tours as a tour manager with an assistant tour manager, maybe, but taking care of everyone. So from artists to band and dancers to crew, it it was the workload wasn't divided up. He was managing, he was tour managing the entire tour, which, you know, not too many of those happen anymore. You've got kind of road managers and you've got production coordinators dealing with crew. I mean, you, you know, it's kind of, that workload is spread, but he, he really taught me, yeah, how how to come at working um, in a very detailed way, very specifically, and 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 so much more. I mean, I could go on and on about about Mister. Johnson, but you know, just um, about humor, about uh, seniority, about respect. He taught me. The bones of the industry—that's that's who I learned from, you know. I, I he taught. He also was hard. He was hard on me in the sense that he—and this is how I feel now—he he required me to start at the bottom, to learn from the bottom. Um, he didn't pay me very much. I got to say that. I remind him of that as well. He paid me nothing on my first tour. Like when I found out what I was being paid, in- <laughs> and <laughs> what everyone else—I mean, yeah. um. But no, he, he he was he was instrumental in me being able to do my job now. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I I have a solid foundation from him, just just from him. And he also really, really taught me about um, I don't know if he you knows this, but he 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 helped me um, kind of navigate how to be a woman in our industry. Um, and that is something uh, that I think has, uh, has been something I've tried, I've tried to help others, I've tried to pass down. I mean, there's, that's, a, that's kind of an interesting topic. It's, a, it's an interesting one and a tough one. But, um, but no, he's, um, I call him my mentor, he what he has been my mentor. And um, we, I, you know, I, I would still, I probably, I'd probably kill him, but I would love to do one last tour with him. Yeah. I would, I would love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, the, the, what you're talking about as far as being a, a woman and, in this line of work is, uh, uh is, mm. I mean, you really have opened a can of worms here. We can work on this <laughs> for a while, but, um, you know, anybody who's probably listening to this knows what we do and knows what kind of a boys club it is. And, um, and, uh, and how, how slowly some departments get to see women, uh, sort of, uh, blossoming in it, you know, um, mm. You know, but now, I mean, um, it used to be when I was starting out in the mid 80s, uh, you know, maybe find a production assistant or a wardrobe person. And now you're yeah. seeing video people and, and production and tour managers and backline techs. You know, I mean, some yeah. of those some yeah. of those departments that never used to uh, tolerate <laughs> having a yeah. woman in there are now yeah. are now, uh, it's just amazing. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I contacted you right away is because, um, I realized when looking through the list of the people I've interviewed so far, it's just been one big sausage fest and, and that's not representative <laughs> of what's going on today in, uh, right, you
1: know, when, right.
0: when people are working.
1: Right.
0: So, mm. but, um, yeah, and I mean, and and I, I mean, that's where I met you. Um,
1: yeah, was that
0: that particular group of people, and um, and uh, and that really that that old school. I mean, a modern day tour with the old school guys. That uh, I mean, and I have to put RT on the list there too because yeah. he was very. He taught me a lot, you know, just yeah. just by being around him. But, oh, I was um, so
1: scared of him when I first met him. Mm-hmm. I didn't show it, but I was scared to death because RT, mm-hmm. you know, he was, God. he was a, he was a, he was a gruff, old kind-hearted bear really. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, you know, 22 year old me um, uh, and then he refused to call me my name. I was called Trixie for, I don't know how long, um, it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And I I remember that you know I would never have shown it, but I used to kind of tiptoe kind of just around him for a while till like, I worked out. Actually, this guy, this guy's great. This guy is a softy. Um he, he was he was so he was so well versed. He was so intelligent. He was, you know, he was that he was yeah, he was but he was an old school guy. Um which you know sometimes nowadays uh you talk about old school guys or old school ways you know I, I get younger people kind of you know raising their eyebrows oh, old school but you know um there's nothing like some of some of the 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 unspoken old school lessons and rules we have or what how I learned them to be that there there's a reason for them to be there you know and, and and i really salute them i kind of stick by them
0: you know i mean th- when things go pear-shaped and they always do those basic rules these basic things that mm-hmm. we learn from these people are the only thing i mean it you, all of a sudden it's like okay get this all out of the way plug them into yeah. this and off yeah. we go you know
1: yeah and um, yeah
0: because I, I mean it's just astounding that um I mean and, and I mean I I did a a thing a few years ago where we were in Delhi and security uh the barricades and stuff weren't uh up to mm. snuff and uh they called the show and mm. uh and we started sneaking everything off the stage uh, little by little and um and then when they announced it that the uh, the show was canceled the kids came over the the non-existent barricade and and, and trashed what was left but right It's, you know, I mean, what do you do in a case like that? You know, and, you know, some of the most of the security told us to get the hell out of there. You know, I mean, it's it's only gear. But um, there were those who stayed and uh, fought the good fight. And uh, it's just amazing that, you know, that sometimes that happens and it still ends up being that way. Um, When you're the boss. Do you trust your departments, or is it like Fantasia, where you've you've you started off with the, the buckets and the mops, and uh, and everything just sort of carries on? Um, I mean, it's I know it's sort of a vague question at start as I start here, but um, um do you? I mean, I found that you know in times people um, do best to. Uh, get people who are overqualified for certain positions and that way when the chips are down, it's like, you've got three or four stage managers, uh, you know, sort of going on at the same time. But uh, I mean, you know, I mean, and I know because, I mean, you spend a lot more time on the artist side of things uh, nowadays Mm. or, or have Mm. um, that, uh, you know, you, you sometimes may only get into the country moments before, Uh, the show's about to start and you have to really trust those people.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, um, I think it, 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 I think it really comes back back to, um, there has to be some kind of tone that you set and there has to be a trust. And it's a two way thing. And, um, you know, I like detail. Um, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. That's not, that's not a great quality to have in this industry. It's nothing's ever perfect. Um, I, I have, I've learned I'm quite critical in terms of having a certain standard, I have learned to do is allow people to do things their way if they reach if they reach the point that I want us to get to um purely because really otherwise uh, nothing can rest on one person's shoulders um not in this game it takes it does take all of us um that's part of the beauty of it is that everyone has a role um so, I think where i uh, as a tour manager, where I believe m- my role in terms of personnel is is to set the tone and if I have to, which sometimes you do, you know, sometimes you think I can't believe I'm saying this or I'm having to impart this this level, but you know, if I have to give the parameters that I want us all to be working within mm-hmm. and by, um, and then ensuring that that people can get on with their jobs um we're you know we're all adults mm-hmm. that from my end of the industry yes sometimes there are jokes about you know being a mother or being a caretaker or um a shoulder to cry on or um any of those very especially as a female i guess uh, any that that kind of role um there sometimes unfairly you 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 can over caretake um, uh, and and you know i mean i i learned that in my 20s i i suddenly realized i was you know for god's sake i was running around in like a sequin miniskirt and biker boots and young blonde hair in south america and kind of telling 40 year old men what they should eat for lunch you know and <laughs> at some point you, you kind of have to, to step back and, and um, mm-hmm. just set the tone. I, li- I like that. I like that bit. Um, and I, I also, I like fairness. I like, I like people to to feel like they've got a part of the show. Because the, the big thing for me, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've tried to quit this industry like three times. But the thing that I still really have always loved. Um, is the marvel for me it's always been the marvel it's the it's the it's the end of the first song in the show and I'm usually probably up at front of house um and I'm standing there and it's just towards the end of the first song and I look around and I remember back to whatever time loading was 6 a.m when the floor there was nothing on the floor there was no stage and this whole traveling circus of people and effort and energy and man hours have just built this thing um, that we are then going to to break down and take away. And and there's still for me there's there's a magic there that just that I, I freaking love. I I love it. And oh, it sounds a little cheesy and corny now, but I'm going to say anyway. Um, I want everyone to feel like they, they had their part in that. And if I'm over directing them or telling them what to do, then quite frankly, well, A, they'll never make mistakes. Um, and never learn, but, but B, that what joy are they going to have? What joy are they going to have mm-hmm. in their job? What care are Absolutely. they going to take?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's so strange. I mean, obviously there's a, uh, the, the, the business is not for everyone, you know? Mm. And I mean, I think, I mean, and, you know, if we're talking um, um, 16, 18 hour days for the crew, we all know that Mm. uh, the tour managers work 24 hours a day, Mm. but uh, I mean, I mean, there's a real reality to that. Um, You know, part of the reason why I haven't pursued more production is because I like having days off, you know, I mean, (laughs) Yeah. and What's you know that? i mean you know, yeah exactly but um but i mean the the scope of what we, uh what we do i mean um mm. and uh, you with a lot of uh um, um touring in in spanish speaking countries and mm. i got i just got done a few years ago uh where we were we actually did all all the continents in one year which was quite a trip wow but wow. uh but, uh, you know, you just sort of, I mean, there is, there tends to be this sort of international language. And believe me, there still has to be people to translate, um, you know, but. Um, mm.
1: um, well, you are right with languages. I mean, la- language, no. languages for me, is the best thing I ever did, best thing I ever mm-hmm. did. I studied mm-hmm. French, German, Latin and Spanish. Um, by far, Spanish has been the most useful, but it just mm-hmm. coincided with um uh being headhunted by um headhunted that sounds really posh it wasn't I was just just because he was de- he was desperate so who spoke the language chris um pulling me on to louis miguel tour i just done i've been with the promoter maybe six months to a year not not even um And he and I, I mean, this, this was talk about steep learning curve. This, I mean, I, and I learned too much, you know, I talk about how much I learned from him in terms of you know how to set up a tour and we're working and the, you know, all of that. This was just, I mean, he literally said, just keep up because we had what we found was we had a massive uh, South American leg. Um, I mean, you're talking about, you know, the big stadiums, the NBA with 80,000, this, that and the other, this, this was Luis Miguel who was, who was like God, um and we were going to be i think we were starting in two weeks i think i remember him saying we've got 14 days to advance an entire south south american leg because nothing's been done no visas no travel no production advance nothing nothing and that was baptism by fire and that was um only made easier by my naivety because i had no clue how crazy that really that feat was so he must have been beside himself um, and also Spanish that, that helped me immensely. Um, that just cut cut for back then. I mean, not so long ago, but when would that have been 98, something like that? Yeah. It, you know, South America is a very different animal now for touring. This it's almost amazing. It's, it's, it's great. But then, it was kind of new you know it was right before i guess it was latin explosion hadn't quite really happened the the market was starting to open maybe but but luis miguel being being um singing spanish exclusively was was huge and you know fundamentally yeah, I would say Spanish helped me and and us, to be fair, I think Chris would say that, get out of many, many, many scrapes, just, just that alone. I mean, you know, never, never mind anything else. And we, you know, all through those years, those early, late 90s um, years in, in South America, again, aside from, from, from learning from Chris, that just touring there taught me, way more than than anything else than than anything else for for the last you know however many years Mm -hmm. that um most definitely uh basically work it out and make it happen that was that was what it was make under any circumstances um i mean know i was uh, i was dressed up as a boy at some point i was in a i was in the Back of I was in the trunk of a of a, a sprinter van in in the back streets of Rio, getting fake visas in you know seventy crew passports. Don't tell them now, they were mm-hmm. fake. Um, and you know just stuff that you, know, you would never that wouldn't happen now, but it it was about making it happen, make it work. Do, you know this is what we're gonna do.
0: Well, I mean, I I just remember being amazed uh, it was at some point where we were all, we were all working. I think we all had our heads down and I I just couldn't figure out why Chris wasn't there. And it turned out that, you know, you were doing that leg um, Um, by yourself, you know, and um, I said, (laughs) well, okay, then (laughs) I was, I mm, was, I I mean, there's a a, a
1: level of stupidity there really, isn't there on my part. (laughs) I could do it. Fine, yeah. <laughs> we'll be fine. I think that was the leg where I, I start. I had a kind of online fight with the, the interior minister, and he wouldn't let us land the artist plane. And oh, you know, it was just <laughs> it was. There is nothing like uh, there is nothing there is nothing that I have ever done since. There's lots. You know, we can talk about thousands of great stories. We've all got them, mm-hmm. but there is nothing like that tour in those territories. In those years, I, you know, I, and I had someone ask me recently, you know, about getting into the industry, and I just thought I felt a bit sorry for them. So I thought, well, they'll never, ha- they'll never be able to cut their teeth in that mm-hmm. kind of crazy. You know, it was, it yeah. was, and it, it was the wild, wild west. Yeah. I mean, never mind, never mind. You know, the, the major, major corporations. It was, there was, there was no contracts. there wasn't, you know, it was, it was literally just. Somehow you have to make this work and to, to the standard that we work at, you know, which.
0: Yeah. Well, some of some of those places we, right now, we can't (laughs) go to, we can't go to some of these places anymore. They're not, Mm. they're not um, economically together or, or, or security based to to Mm. actually have us. I mean, it's, Mm. you know, the areas have always been sort of, um, uh, sort of liquid, I mean, all, mm. all of these, all of these places. And now some of them are really kind of turning into uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, um, franchises of, of, mm. of other places, you know.
1: Um, by the, by the way, by the, by the way, a little anecdote, I don't know whether you want yeah, sure, to put please. this out there. A little anecdote on that one where you said I was, I was tour managing. I don't believe the artist ever knew that it was me um which was a whole other thing because i think at some mm-hmm. point i was signing off emails with, with a man's name but
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but you know that that yeah that you, you're taking me back there now but yeah that was um that was an interesting ride that one well i mean oh. you
0: were you were dealing with promoters you were dealing with the police you were dealing with a military yeah. you were dealing with hotels yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of moving parts on that, on that tour. And, mm. uh, and, you know, like I said, like Venezuela, forget about it. I mean, that was uh that was a pretty wild West uh, trip even for us, even, even though now things are worse down there.
1: You know, yeah. So. A couple, a couple of times. I mean, I think, I, I think I've got this thing in my head now. Every, I I'm, During a, a few years back then, categorically every time i went to venezuela something happened whether yeah. it was major floods whether it was riots against chavez whether it was um uh, the hotel i think i remember the day we were going the artist was going in the, the hotel top luxury hotel chain uh, was being closed because they hadn't paid taxes and so i was talking to the mayor to try and mm-hmm. keep it open for the week we were there we you know but stuff like stuff like that we're always it was always <laughs> it was yeah. all, you know i remember being trapped in a in a hotel room with 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 security guy local security uh because we couldn't leave so he was like well you, you're you unsafe so we'll just i hang out with you we were there for you know playing cards for 48 hours or something stupid mm-hmm. um you know again just just or it was always. I'm sorry, Venezuela, but it was always seemingly Venezuela back at that time. Yeah,
0: well, it's a, you know, I it really tends to. I mean, I actually went back with Metallica uh, to oh, yeah. some of these places and yeah. and uh, and had discussions with the security people and the, and the promoters and everything. And then they say, yeah, you know, it's just the same as it always was down here. And I'm sitting there going god I can't, I can't believe we're doing this you know because
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know i was i was doing more artist side stuff for that i was working right. back i was working in the in the dressing rooms rather than on stage for that tour so
1: wow uh, wow i
0: got i mean and you know you know how luxurious that can be when you're in a, <laughs> uh, a yeah, football stadium
1: what do you mean um, what Weren't you, just, weren't you just having massages and drinking margaritas or something in backstage?
0: Geez, I, I remember seeing those things, but they were never offered <laughs>
1: to me. Yeah, I yeah, know.
0: Um, let's see. Finish this sentence. A road crew travels on its what?
1: Oh, unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unity.
0: That's a good one.
1: Some of those tours we've been on, you know, you know, when you're on a tour where there's, there's, there's no, there's, when there's no, you know, unity, you know, you feel it, you know, it. you don't have to get on with everyone. You never would. Um, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, touring, touring is, is impossible to describe. I know that that sounds really pompous to, to people who haven't toured. It is impossible to describe, um, because you kind of just only know if you know, um, if you've done it, the, the, again, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but the cleverest thing I ever did uh, back towards the, the start of a few years in, actually, of, of working mm-hmm. in the industry was, I, and I saw I don't even know how I did it because I wouldn't do it now. Um, sorry, mum. Was I, I got my mum out on the road and she stayed mm-hmm. with me for like five days, travelling with me. Like, uh-huh. God knows how that. uh I wasn't on a bus, obviously. Um, but she it was, you know, big tall, big artist, entourage and kids and nannies and dancers and glam and wig people and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and she has been, um, she has been my representative with the family and friends because she can explain to them on some level or in language that I understand, mostly why I'm not at the wedding or the christening or at home or writing returning emails in a timely manner or remembering birthdays. sometimes i mean you know it's (laughs) i'm not proud but um yeah that that is one of the one of the best things she ever did and she what she also seemed to understand is 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 something that potentially is quite controversial um which is you have to have a certain kind of personality you it doesn't work um you can be really good at your your position your skill mm. but you also have to be really good at being on the road that those two things have to combine um they have to happen really I don't I don't and I think that's that's really important that, that absolutely helps with the unity with the team um not yeah, everyone I mean, has it
0: we, we deal with this. I mean, how, what kind, you know, what kind of a person does it really take to travel like this, to actually exist in certain places for 16 hours at a time and then be gone and not be back there yeah. for years? You know mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, there, are, we've certainly seen uh, crews and, and, uh, and bands and everything thin out, you know, certain people just can't handle the intensity. And then there's, you know, some of us that are, you know, addicted to it, you know. I mean You're that kind again. of you know, um like I i think I've had a couple people on the on the podcast uh just say, you know, they all they want right now is to be able to hear that first roar when the lights go down mm-hmm. again, right. you know. Right. Um what was your what has been your proudest moment, professionally or personally?
1: Um wow um professionally in a professional level I think um, whenever it was and I don't have that that aha moment light bulb light bulb Mm -hmm. um but there there was a there was a time when I realized that I was better than I thought I was when I realized I was better than I thought I was and when I um and when I truly didn't doubt what I always aspired to which was that I could make anything happen um Mm -hmm. and I uh, kind of have been with that for forever and and um and I think definitely the thumbs ups and the nudges and the uh, the gratitude sometimes um or admiration or even just um yeah just just a pat on the shoulder from my peers that stuff uh, truly kind of has helped me kind of get on get on in 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 do my job like mm-hmm. truly I mean that's where it comes cuz you know we've all got great war stories and there are so many crazy ones that you can come up with and all you know you can remember and that you know with big names and little names and amazing destinations and going up against all kinds of stuff and yes they're all they're they're great and there are you know industry award nominations there's all of that stuff but but actually when people who know what you do or know the job rather mm-hmm. say to you, yeah, nice one. That, that's kind of, that's kind of very, very cool. And, and that, that for me was because I, I didn't know this job. I didn't know really, I, didn't, I hadn't even thought about this industry or being a roadie or any of that stuff. So I didn't aspire to it. I didn't look at it. I didn't even know what it, what it it was Mm -hmm. um so I felt sometimes like I just gate crashed and i you know was making it up um so yeah that 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 was really really cool and that comes you know that comes from and it also comes not just from your peers it comes from people that you kind of looked up to the of the world um -hmm. the choppers um the, the omars uh abdurrahman's the um, Skip, um, Lilton, of course, um, even oh, Scotty Chase. You know, the these these guys know their shit. You know, and 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 um, I'm gonna I guess and bring the female thing back in. But sometimes, sometimes you know, it's a little harder to be to be seen or to be perceived as um as serious or or as dedicated um when you stand out because of your gender because there aren't many of you because you're 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 one of two percent of you know Mm -hmm. a group of people on the road
0: yeah i i i totally get that i totally get that Mm -hmm. um Obviously, the, the 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 big elephant in the room right now is is the virus and and how it's affected what we do. Um, I actually have talked to a number of people who are saying, "Well, I guess this is just going to be my my retirement," you know. And uh, then the, there's the rest of us that are sitting there staring at our email, going, "Come on, come on,"
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> I could-
0: it's it's weird enough that it, this this industry sort of deals with handshakes and phone calls and and uh and text messages you know to get you work they say don't no, isn't there a union isn't there a, a job board that you can and it's like um if there was i probably wouldn't be on any of these tours you know i mean i've been just blessed to be able to uh get these uh these opportunities to see the world and, and to, uh, and do my part, whatever that might be. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, I, I, you know, everybody is sort of wondering about what it's going to take because we, we were in one of the, uh, one industries that has weathered the storm, no matter what kind of depression recession, any of that, that goes on Mm -hmm. people, if they're bad or they're good, want to be entertained and now you know mm. it's basically illegal for us to mm. to set up a big show and and do it the way we do it you know but um you know uh mm. I, geez i don't know mm. yeah i mean i
1: think i mean i worry i worry i think um just mentally you know mental health for for us you know the it's a tough sell. I know it's a tough sell. Look, uh, for anyone who, A, doesn't really know what we do or has an idea of, or has a kind of distorted version of what we do, um, us sitting at home for a year not being able to work, well, most likely they're saying, well, surely, you know, your artist is is paying you or, you know, for them, you know, there's not quite a there's not an understanding and there's not probably too much sympathy unfortunately for for these live events especially I mean, we're talking touring so the touring mm-hmm. personnel um who are not on contract who um most likely probably aren't being subsidized by artists some may some maybe but you know there's i mean i kind of i diverse into kind of um I'm thinking now that uh, I think there might be a few things that come through in the pipeline. But, but since March, we've been closed down. Most definitely, there are people who are really struggling, never mind on the financial side, but, but the, the mental side. I think just the mental health that, you know, we unfortunately, we live in a world now where what we do is very much. The makeup of who we think we are—it is—it is is our persona, Um, and so therefore, if that's taken away from you, um, and that's what you've kind of led with for a long time, then you are now sitting, kind of wondering what the hell is going on. Um, Never mind the uh, fact—you know, for me, um, I've I've always been quite quite gypsy-like um I I I look for exits in rooms or houses or 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 venues or hotels wherever I am I know where the exit is I like to be able to move um I will probably have been known to have a grab bag I mean it's that ridiculous but I I, just knowing that I cannot go to the airport and get on any flight I I want is um difficult for me just on a I feel I feel I feel a ca- captive a little bit and that, and that's not a nice feeling but um uh, and that and that's on the light-hearted end of things you know I'm fine but but the, the I, I worry I truly worry for um a lot of people who are really struggling obviously financially but struggling mentally and and also not knowing where the when we're going to be picking back up or what they can be doing um and if there's going to be work you know Mm -hmm. is there even going to be work there's going to be who knows and and what does it look like um so the unknown is is huge it's huge for um and 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 pretty amazing And, and and here in the uk you know very little government support for for self-employed which is what we are um uh, it it's um it's pretty excruciating i think uh and and mm-hmm. and deeply saddening you know the, the, we're, we're made up of skilled professionals p- p- professionals who may not have gone to school i mean there was no there was no course for me in fact even when when young especially young little young women ask me you know they all want, want to do your job you know i'm like well don't go and sign on to any kind of events coordinator right. classes. I mean, you know, just go and work at a venue, like go and clean the floors and make the tea and do it that way. I mean, just you know. Um, but oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um but yeah no the 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 skilled professionals that we have who have spent years and years and years who, who know their their skill set who have worked hard and gotten to a level where they do receive a phone call they are booked up all year they don't have a cv or a resume they don't need one that that's how we work they Hmm. they take a job on a handshake um these guys are now trying to get amazon delivery jobs or working in starbucks if they can you know if 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 there's a job position opening and that that's what's sold a for me that that's that's freaking
0: horrible that's that you know well it's one what they're saying 12 million people worldwide um if you go to the hotels and restaurants and you know venues and all of those places that uh, it does affect you know and that's and that's i really think that's where our saving grace is going to be is if people can uh, logistically coordinate between all those industries or all lobbying groups that work for those industries and kind of throw us in, in on top as a, mm-hmm. a, a cherry or something, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, um, yeah, my, some of the, uh, some of the artists have been so tremendous, um, you know, on our end that doing, you uh, you know, benefit concerts and, and, and doing things for, for people. It's uh, you know, I, I tend to, I really want to believe that I'm going to be able to get back out there and, and do that. Just, just to say thank you to the people that I work for. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: uh, It it happens like that. Well, I think uh, by by the look of the the, uh, clock on the wall that we've, uh, we've probably solved all the world's problems (laughs) yet again.
1: Yes, we did it.
0: And uh, I want to thank you very much for taking some time oh. and uh, having a little chat. Thank
1: you. It was a real pleasure. Uh, the real pleasure. Lovely yeah, to see your face, Aaron. Real pleasure. Lovely to see yours. All right. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.